This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. Wow. Checking in from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And this is a very Breaking Normal episode because this is me interviewing me. I took a survey uh, right before that I pressed record here and asked on my Instagram if anybody had questions. I saw one about chemtrails and am I a Christian? So I'll start there. But before I do, I noticed that this... If Oh, I'm on my live Facebook uh, video right now, by the way, as well. So anyone that wants to check out the video, go check out Daniel Eisenman, the Freedom Catalyst. On the top of a page, you'll see a daddy... Oming to her, his daughter, to put, to take her from screaming to sleeping in 42 seconds is pretty incredible. I'm sure, I'm pretty certain most of y'all have seen that already. I think over 100 million people have seen that already. I wonder if it's hit the billion mark. On that note, is there anyone that has inspired more people to connect with their breath at a younger age than Davina Eisenman, which inherently includes me as well, but... I think that's pretty cool. She was probably, what, four weeks, two weeks, I don't know, two weeks young and inspired maybe over 100 million people to consider the power of oming. Hey, proud dad moment. That's I'm pumping my fist, my shirtless fist on my Facebook if anyone wants to check that out. <laughs> but when I open my podcast bag here, the Ned Lip Balm hemp-infused lip balm fell out, and it reminded me that they are one of the awesome Breaking Room brands that has partnered with this podcast and actually has sponsored it, and they are giving 15% off your first order. If you go to their website, helloned.com slash Breaking Normal, put your code in, and this lip balm, why, the, why this is special to me, they have other products as well that are awesome, and if you want to hear Deanna give her testimony, check out our interview together, our most recent one. But I love this because uh, the ingredients of this is wild harvested solar infused calendula, wild harvest lunar infused wild rose, extra virgin olive oil, extra virgin coconut oil, raw shea butter, castor oil, vitamin E, Colorado's beeswax, and 25 milligrams of active cannabinoids and essential oils, which are all organically grown and ethically wildcrafted. All oils are certified, certified organic, which is so cool about this product is Davina got in the habit of like wanting to put makeup on when she's been hanging out with some of our other friends. And a lot of that makeup, I don't think people would eat it. So if you're not going to eat something, why would you put it on your skin? This, yeah, eating some of this, this might be even a good idea to eat some of this. <laughs> I, that's not, I'm not a medical doctor. I am. Um, a non-certified person that did not go to medical school, just so y'all know that. <laughs> and I might start giving out certifications for, uh, I might start certifying people crazy. And Michael DeNovo, you'd be up there in the running. Am I coming in clear, Michael and Augie? Both of y'all could be in the running. I'll, I'll have to put some sort of structure together or not any type of structure and start certifying people as crazy. Um, so depending on the parameters of that, Michael and Augie, y'all are both there. I'm talking to some people on my Facebook live video. So anywho, get your hands on some of this uh, hemp-infused lip balm, especially if you're up here in like Steamboat Springs kind of environment where it is oh so sunny and beautiful and oh so high and dry. 
where my lips definitely could use some supplementation. So let me rub some of that on my lips right now um, and wet my palate with some of this coffee that I have by my side. And let's tune into the frequency of synchronicity and let the divine alchemy play through us so that we are enjoying our experience now and forever in the best way possible that only gets better for eternity and beyond. I pray that in the name of the creator of the universe, if that is nameable, I'll pray that in the name of Yahweh, I'll pray that in the name of Jesus, and I think that would be a great way to transition into the am I a Christian question. And maybe I'll build some more anticipation before I do, you know, keep it masculine and feminine, keep it harmonious and heavenly. And Michael says, if you aren't crazy, in quotes, are you even living? That's a good question. It's a good question about living versus surviving versus thriving versus existing. Are you merely existing or are you truly living? It's a great question I would encourage everyone that's tuning in to ask yourself. And to maybe consider when you go to a zoo or if you've been to a zoo, or if you see caged animals, domesticated animals, or medicated animals there domesticated in a cage that no longer have to feed themselves or even uh, find water for themselves, what are you offended by if you're offended by animals in a zoo? Is it a little too convicting? Does it hit a little too convictingly close to the home of our past culture, and I say past, I'm putting it in the past tense because I am uh, transcending that and I'm inviting y'all to as well. I'm inviting you to rewild your inner child and set the truth free by breaking normal. And if you're this far into the podcast, I think you already are. And uh, if you want to add some fuel to this fire, please uh, yeah, check out our podcast page on the Breaking Normal site and check out some of our sponsors, whether it's Ned or Viome, and uh, leave a rating and a review on, and subscribe to it on Apple. That definitely is reverent. It's kind of like the sat the offering to the gods of the internet known as algorithms. Crazy algorithms, huh? I mean, this is, this is a crazy story. Um, and this is a great transition to the Jesus Christian topic. Wow, holy mackerel. But first, let me do my lips. Yeah, what's cool about this, when Davina puts it on, she really cakes it on as well, and it definitely gets in her mouth, so I'd much rather have this in her mouth. Oh, and that means I feed her CBD, which is an extract from ganja. Oh, taboo. <laughs> Used to be taboo. Um, <clears throat> it's good. Tastes good. Feels really nice in the mouth. I feel it actually really softens the cracks in my lips, which is important in this altitude. Speaking of altitude, are you living a high life? Okay, and on the topic of altitude, Jesus, Christian, here we go. So I don't know if y'all noticed, but a lot of the times what I have been talking about, and I think it's because my voice to text is turned on on my phone, that if I'm talking about topics, say like Yellowstone National Park, all of a sudden something from Yellowstone National Park might be near the top of my Instagram feed or some sort of ad including... Yellowstone or one of my friends that just posted about Yellowstone and my me talking about Yellowstone right now and if y'all's computer or phone is out loud um, instead of in the headphones it might be picking up on that Yellowstone theme and maybe if you check your Instagram 
is something about Yellowstone on the top of it because of how much I've already talked about it, which brings us to the idea of how where attention goes, energy flows. And is that our God energy? Is that our thought energy, our willingness and our ability to focus on certain thoughts and amplify them with emotions so they become the dream of our reality? Well, whatever, if that's true or not, it seems that Instagram has picked up on that. <clears throat> and what I talk about seems to show up there uh, more likely. And one thing that I, um, we were talking about, Jesus, 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 and what a big word that is for so many people, especially in ultra-spiritual communities such as Encinitas, California. Jesus is a big word, and, um, and it's a big word for people. They're like conservative Christians in the Bible Belt of Georgia where my environment when I was in school and the domestication of education was taking place that I was surrounded by, and including my family, with my family, my immediate family. My dad actually was Jewish, um, and his parents, my grandparents, survived the Holocaust by living under a graveyard, while in the meantime, my mom's family goes so far back in the United States, and probably Christian roots that it's, I don't know where it began, or where the shift was from Europe, maybe Ireland or England. And then, uh, it's funny, Deanna is like from Denmark until we met. And she's like a very, was in a very non-religious culture, but her mom is uh, very Buddhist. She was born in Thailand. Deanna was actually born in Bangkok, but kind of grew up. I put in big quotes because I think we're all still growing up. I trust no one thinks they're grown up. Man, that would be a an issue if you thought you were grown up it's kind of like people that think they know things for sure that's kind of also concerning to me sometimes <clears throat> um especially if it's a strong dosage of it sometimes though the medicine's the poison the poison's the dose so dose wisely but yeah she is very buddhist so there's a whole mix of religion influence in my life. And when I was talking about Jesus that time, um, when I opened my newsfeed, right after I probably opened my Instagram next, on the top of my newsfeed was Jesus written in the clouds from an airplane, from like a chemtrail or from like vapor from an airplane, which brings us those two questions so full circle into some sort of magical yin-yang I'm dancing, walking the tightrope of right now. Um... <laughs> So it had Jesus, but there was Jesus was not written anywhere. It wasn't written in the text. So I'm like, wait a minute. There was nothing said about Jesus. It was a picture in the clouds with Jesus written in the clouds through like a mist of an airplane. Does that mean that Instagram has some sort of algorithm that can even pick up on text from a picture and then put that towards the top of trending words or topics coming out of my mouth into the phone? Or is this Jesus showing up in the, in the Holy Spirit as a divine affirmation of, yeah, like, keep talking about Jesus or whatever, however I want to interpret that. Anyways, it was on top of my newsfeed, and it was not texted out. There was no word of it. It was just a picture of, and it was from my cousin, Beth, who um, we share Mima, my grandma, who is definitely the most Jesus, proud of Jesus person that has closest to my life. She actually passed away three days after 100 years. 
and she lived on a property with a well and a garden, very small, and a really small trailer with a full-size pit bull. And her, it, it, when she was 100, her skin was so sensitive at that point that it was almost like dangerous to touch her, to, especially with anything sharp. And in the meantime, she's in the, around that time, she's in this tr small trailer with this huge pit bull. That pit bull is actually Araya's mom. Um, around for y'all that don't know, around the time, uh, like uh, probably a year or so after my grandma passed, um, or transitioned, or as she would say, is to spend an eternity in heaven with Jesus. That's a, right, right around the time we got pregnant, and we didn't even realize we were pregnant. And Deanna was full on wanting puppies, motherly instinct, full force, hormones raging, and not even consciously aware of it. So I decided I would fly out to Georgia to see my family and take a look at this litter of dogs. It would have probably been sold off to, my grandma wasn't alive at this point, probably been sold off to some people that who knows what they want to do with those pit bulls in the, the southeast. Maybe Michael Vick could tell you. Um, all love to Michael Vick, man. He's a, anyway, that's a side story. And we went down there, we got Araya. And actually, Araya reminds me more of my grandma than anyone else. She was the runt of the litter. It was there. We saw the dog. And we kind of knew. I think Deanna would say she knew it was ours or we knew it, we were hers. And we got her. We paid $500 for her. And then we went to South Carolina to stay with JP and kind of have a training grounds for our puppy and an ultra-spiritual master heart. And then we find out Deanna's pregnant. So Araya, somehow blessed by the bridge of Meemaw, catalyzed my father training better than anything I could imagine. And I'm so thankful for Araya. Araya, where are you at? Come here. And I think these are all like affirmations to the Holy Spirit of Jesus. These divine synchronicities littered in my life I think have very much to do with my relationship with Yeshua. Okay. I'm going to read Michael's comment. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he's mentioning like the algorithm of Instagram is just another divine affirmation of the magic that we're capable of stewarding and that we can maybe even create technology that rides the waves of synchronization whether it's through voice to text or if it's something bigger known as like the law of awareness or the law of attraction or the law of God or the law of, yeah, wow, attention. So this is I me mean, like more sharing a story about Jesus when I'm asked the question, am I a Christian? Because I don't know what that question necessarily means anymore. Am I a Christian? Well, some Christians that are in certain sects of Christianity might not believe other people are true Christians, whether it's something to do with Jehovah's Witness or Mormons or Presbyterians or Catholics. So I, I don't know if I'm so I don't think Jesus was even a Christian. So I don't feel so comfortable. Like that's not how I would, I don't think it's the most accurate categorization of me. If, as if I'm a Christian, I do believe once again, that I have a, radical relationship with Yeshua. And some people would say, well, do you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Yes, 
I believe Yeshua, from my understanding of the story and the feeling and my research and the inner research, that Jesus, God embodied, and I do believe that we all are embodying God in some form or the other. I think some are sinning slash missing the mark more than others. And is that a bad thing? That could be interpreted as bad by some people. I'm not sure if God interprets things as bad. Hello, Captain Ray Isabella. I'm reading some comments on Facebook. And by the way, if you're tuning in on Facebook, I, my next question, I'm very open to exploring out loud. I'm probably going to have a creative constraint of about 44 minutes on this one. Hello, Greg Culp, the podcast producer. Um, yeah, if, tune in on Facebook and let me know. I mean, if y'all are here on Facebook, ask me any questions, and maybe that will guide this treasure map of this solo cast that I'm sharing. I'm sharing, and, I, and that's what I encourage everyone here to do. Like, If you have a message or if you're good at something or even if there's something you want to do, then share it. Share it. A happiness sh- shared as a happiness doubled. A sorrow shared is a sorrow halved. I watched Davina and she when she does something cool or she's enjoying herself, she wants to share it. So maybe a way of enjoying things is sharing it. Just like a way of, yes, people that are happy smile and maybe by smiling, you can become more happy. So this is like the yin yang and it's like the kind of goes probably into this chemtrail Christian conversation of seeing Jesus in the clouds in the form of a chemtrail. There is something very important that I'm exploring here, whether it's for myself or one other person or for a million other people, but I am alive and joyous enough and understand the pattern of joy to share what I'm doing, to share myself. And that's a big part of tribe design, tribe, international tribe design. We just wrapped up our event in Breckenridge, Colorado, tribe design 12. Deanna thought it was the most epic one yet. I mean, Greg, you were there. There's so many people there. I think we had 44, actually. So there's an affirmation in my 44-minute solo cast with children of all beliefs about Jesus. Not, I don't think there was like, uh, this is exactly what we all believe about Jesus or any topic. It was actually not very much uh, based on groupthink at all. It was more based on heart sync and getting people to like actually find out where they disagree and celebrate that rather than letting that be a disconnection. And that is uh, probably another reason about the Christian label. I have been in the presence of people that consider themselves consider themselves Christians, like they would label themselves as Christians. And when they meet someone else that's not they believe is not a Christian, it seems like some sort of barrier has gone up. And this is a stereotype. This is not for all Christians or all people that identify as Christians. But it was a trend that I was suspiciously aware of of how some of the Christians' hearts seemed a little bit more like caged in the presence of someone that considered themselves something like not a Christian or someone very spiritual or a yoga or a yogi or a, or a, what's it called? A Kabbalah, like a Messianic Jew or a Muslim or an atheist or an agnostic. And I, I want to bring that to maybe my resistance of or my suspicion of identifying with that label too. Oh, and then I mean, this is such a huge conversation because I'm like, if I'm interviewing myself, it's like, well, what about the people that are not Christians? Do you think they're going to burn in hell for eternity? 
I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. According to some interpretations of the Bible, I could see how people would think that. But is this Bible written? Who wrote the Bible? Because I, there are parts of the Bible that are apparently quoted from Jesus, but there's also a lot of it that's not, and a lot of it written from different people at different times, and a lot of it's contradicting. And, a lot, and I think this is all, a lot of it's also metaphorical and beautiful and poetic and truthful and deep and scary and intimidating and mind-melting. And I think that's all a part of the spirit of it that... Yeah, it's, if that's God's book, then isn't that all about God? Or not? And if there is this enemy of God that wants to burn people in hell forever, is that a metaphor? Is that a symbol? Like, where did that come from? And it would be very important to consider, are these beliefs true to your, the heart of when you were like Davina's age, when you were like one or two, is that if someone told you that would be, we'd be like, Hey, or were you very influenced into thinking that was I very influenced into thinking that? And I, I think I was, um, I think I was, and I could, uh, and I've chosen to think more and believe more for myself and, and find more joy in being a Christian. Um, by looking deeper into those beliefs and finding more rabbit trails and more caves and more heavens rather than like convictingly holding on to what someone told me that tried to scare me into believing as a child. Um, but man, I could see how a child could hold on to that for a very long time. And maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. Let me uh, check in on some of the comments. Maybe it's true for the people who believe it. It's true. Maybe it's true objectively. Maybe objectivity is subjective. Even the word objective. All right, Daniel Arthur. How do you get people from different beliefs to talk with each other and and listening free and seeking to hear instead of seeking to be heard? Oh, I'd probably lead the way. Yeah, so I do it first. That's uh, So in my opinion, Daniel, you're asking me how to lead. And to me, that means like going first and demonstrating. And sometimes the person that blazes the trail first or cuts through the trail first or the um, busted the wall first gets the bloodiest or the, in this metaphor, the messiest and that messiness sometimes from the person that goes first can really inspire others to, for them to lead their way instead of trying to prove anything to anyone. So I think, um, if me and you were talking, Daniel, Arthur, and if you ask me that and you, you're like sitting here as an avatar, that's my answer. Um, and I'd love to know what you believe about God and maybe we can put creative constraints on it. Maybe we can like speak for, if it becomes a really heated topic, we can speak for one minute each or 30 seconds each. There's a great book, Words Can Change Your Brain. And this is a lot about what the Breaking Normal app is based on, which should be coming out anytime soon now. Stay tuned. Um, but like then a group of people in communication, it's very rare that anyone sh needs or should or would be benefited for speaking more than 30 seconds in a row, which is very paradoxical for this podcast since I'm the only one speaking for about 44 minutes in a row. But cheers and cheers to breaking normal. And I am solo. But in a group of people, yeah, I, I rarely think that dialogue needs to go over 30 seconds from one person. So that means like getting to the heart of the matter with the least amount of fluff to filter the fluff and get to the truth of what I'm saying 
in the most effective and efficient way possible and to charge it with the emotion that is congruent with what I'm talking about. So I would lead, that's how I would do it. And I would open the space for other people to speak. And when they're speaking, I want to listen so well that I can teach others what they said. Um, and I can hear what's not being said and I can listen and hear what's being said, but realize it's not about me that they're expl- that pretty much everything everyone says is about themselves. So if, if anyone's not gotten clear on projections in their lives, conscious or not, if you just want a reminder, check out the book, Breaking Normal. I dive deep into dispelling um, being in a trance of projecting rather than creating, breaking that normal man. All right, let me take a sip and see the next question. All right. Catherine, I lo- I'd love so much to go. Oh, she says, I just feel it wouldn't be okay. I love you and your friends' walks of life. I want you for me and my two children, but it's so complicated. How do I make it not? But that may be discussion for another time. I miss I miss this art living Earth's ways. Okay, Catherine, I'm not, I think you're talking about the tribe design. And I am not sure what the question is there, but maybe what I heard was you want to, but you want to, but, and that gives me a good opportunity to explore the curiosity and ask y'all whoever's listening, do you ever, do you think honestly that people are doing are ever doing something they don't want to do or do you believe that everyone's like most of the time everyone's doing what they actually want to do i think a lot of unnecessary suffering comes from people or used to come from people thinking they're doing something they don't want to do i'm pretty certain most of the time that when i'm doing something it's because i want to do it even if it's like paying taxes, I'm wanting to do that when I'm doing it. That's why I'm doing it. Otherwise, what is this weird game of war in someone's mind? And maybe this is where the idea of the devil versus the angel or the devil on the shoulder versus the angel on the shoulder comes into play. It's like <coughs> maybe there's a deeper truth in those two extremes and that we are doing what we want to do. And another way, I think, to alleviate a lot of people's past sufferings is to not try to recreate something or try to avoid something happening again. Like, but, in, 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 but instead to choose your perception and reality and go all in on that choice rather than aiming to recreate or avoid a past situation. Because in reality, I don't think anything happens twice. So it would be weird to try to recreate something when nothing happens twice. Why not enjoy what's happening instead of distracting with recreating or avoiding? And in some ways, obviously, there's a bear. If there's a bear out there in the dumpster, 
I'm not going to like just close my eyes and be like, whoa, bear's not there. I'm going to be like, I'm going to keep a safe distance from it. And I'm going to keep an eye on it. And I'm going to keep uh, just, or like if there's a crazy, if I'm with a crazy dog I'm training to keep it on a leash. Uh, I'm not trying to kill it. I'm not trying to get involved in it. I'm try- keeping a safe, di- I'm watching it from a safe distance and I'm choosing my path wiser. So I'll go around the bear. If I'm in a bar and there's, Two people that are just drunk and fighting, I don't need to get involved in that. I can have my beers and be on my way. But I have seen some people that seem like they have to get involved in it. Or that's what it seems like. Or And I've been with people that I, I want to have two beers and they want to have like ten. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Why are you, are you doing that thing where you're pretending you're doing something you don't want to do? Be careful of that joke. All right, all right. That was some tangents. Is this? I, I trust this is confusing y'all into clar- clarity or clarifying some confusion in your life, whatever's better. Um, on the Facebook, do we have any other questions? And we are almost 30 minutes in here, which leaves a strong, strong 14 minimum, unless something else happens that I didn't even plan for. And I love to celebrate that. Sometimes the best plans are unplanned. That's why mystery is one of the main modalities of tribe design, leaving space for the creation of something we never even thought of yet or something that we never even considered yet. Something so good it was better than I could have planned for. Do y'all leave that white space in your life? Maybe that's what sleeping is about, to dream up to dream up the next day or to dream up the next year or to dream up a reality beyond time and space. Daniel says, note to self, this is, and this is not me, Daniel. This is another Daniel. This is Daniel Arthur. And on that note, that's a, uh, maybe this whole talk is about, am I a Christian? <laughs> because we can circle that back that what Bob Marley used to reference to I and I and I and I, not like a you, me, he, it, she, we, it's I and I. Like, is God experiencing the best life possible by experiencing all these different realities through each one of us? Are we all cells to the same body? And if that's the case, how does that fit into the Christian belief? Well, in my body, this is how, this is, here's a radical rabbit trail. In the meantime, while we're fishing for any more questions, the lure's out there. Um, In my body, I have probably ejaculated thousands of times, thousands. And in each one of those ejaculations, isn't there millions and millions of sperm? And aren't each one of those sperm in some way potentially capable of creating another life if it comes in contact with the egg in the right way? So here I am, some sort of YO universe, like a me-niverse, a me-niverse, a me-averse, I've been within my own human body. I have so much life being generated and ejaculated and generated and repaired 
and creating and doing all kinds of things that humans are still seeing if they can somehow mimic with machinery, but it's still seemingly impossible or not yet possible. And we're still going for it. And maybe that's what keeps us going for it. But here I am doing that. Do I want those sperm when it's time, when it's time finally for those sperm to do its diligence of its dharma and create this new being or become this new being. And maybe this is a metaphor for your life. When you, maybe you're here, maybe some of us are here for one moment. Maybe it's all a big warm up and like the credits and the, the credits at the end and the beginning and a warm up and all this to get to this one moment in your life, maybe to create a new life. Maybe it's to become parents. Maybe it's to change a law. Maybe it's to create a, pro, uh, a rocket. Maybe it's to create a meme of peace and love to dissolve the delusion of separation. Maybe it's to create a religion. Maybe it's to create a business. Maybe it's to create design a tribe. Whatever it is. And maybe it's for the whole thing too. Maybe it's for the whole thing as well. That's why I really think the journey is the destination. And rather than being at war with one another about the truth, we can realize that competition is cooperation at the core because yes, my sperm, I don't want my sperm to lay down or surrender or be like, no, that I don't want to compete. Competition is bad. I want the winning sperm that makes contact with the egg to be the best sperm ever. I want it to outbeat all the other sperm. Like the timing had to be right. The everything had to be right. And you, uh, on top of that, you beat a million other sperm to this race to life. And you didn't have to, they didn't have to kill each other. They didn't have to hurt each other. That would be self-destruction. That would be like, um, autoimmune. That would be wild. That would be maybe what it looks like the world is doing when they go to war. It's like what the heavens just compete with love not with violence and hate, not with self-destruction. Because if you think about it, oh, look at that, 33, 33. If you think about it, isn't like murder suicide? Isn't if someone kills someone else, isn't that mean they're also in a way killing a part of themselves? And if they you reverse that, if someone kills themselves, aren't they, isn't that murder? And that can be done for a whole being, but what about certain parts of us, certain desires, certain ideas, certain dreams? I trust you're not, I trust this can alleviate, alleviate the self-inflicted inflicted pain for someone that's listening or many people that are listening to let go of killing parts of yourself and let the and choose which parts you want to live and enjoy the enjoy the tension enjoy all the emotions that come with it enjoy this journey because if it's happening to you then you are obviously capable of handling it and if that's what you're choosing and what you're wanting even if it's even if it seems like it's not can you still enjoy the experience. To me, this is what makes a great poker player. And I think poker and surfing are such great metaphors for life. Because yes, poker, there is a skill. There is a skill, but there's also a chance. And sometimes a great poker player can do all the right moves according to statistics 
and a drunk idiot is playing poker for the first time can do all the wrong ones and still win and still take like all the money on that table and you can, and that person that did everything right could still lose it all. Now this is the defining moment in a poker player's a professional poker player's career. What does he or she do next? Does she carry that loss? Does she carry that loss with her to the next hand? Because the next hand is fresh. So does she go on tilt? Or can she play the next hand as good as she played the previous hand, even if it was a bad beat? A bad beat. And maybe that bad beat, there might be more treasure in that, in that experience for more people than they might think as they're experiencing it. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy. It's, 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 I think it's better to speak in parables. That's another thing I love about Yeshua. I, I believe truth comes in the forms of like, there might be layers. Let's say the literal layer, the metaphorical layer, the paradoxical layer, and the creative layer. And I feel like Yeshua spoke by creating paradoxes and parables and metaphors to live by rather than literal truths because a literal truth in the desert in Samaria might not be a literal truth in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. So maybe speaking in parables and metaphors and even paradoxes is a a more authentic way of speaking. Because maybe, just maybe, the the minute the the real paradox is that everything everyone is saying is a lie in some way because how can the essence of anything be captured into a symbol of a word it's more signs this is why words are like signs words are the menu but you can't you don't want to eat the menu you want to eat the meal and those words can only go so far to describe the meal because heck how you taste salt might be very different than how i taste salt maybe the way i taste salt and sugar and spices and oils and meat no one else has ever tasted in the same way. And maybe the one time I'm having that meal is the only time I'll ever taste it like that. And then my taste for salt has changed from yesterday till today. Whee! Now y'all know what it's like when I talk to myself. All right, let me get some uh, things here. I got some questions coming in. Okay. This person, Chantel, says... How is it that we find ourselves in the same situation over and over? So I, all right, I'll start there. I, I don't, I guess my previous speech ex- explored the topic that nothing happens more than once. I do think there is like a loop, but I think it's a spiral. I think it's more spiraling rather than a, a circle on a 2D surface. That's that trick of being a human. I don't know if that exists as much as people think it is. So yes, I think people can go in loops or like a slinky and they're like, well, I recognize this. It seems like the same thing. It seems like the same thing. That's, and right away, that's your opportunity to upgrade it. I think if someone keeps seeing the same pattern in your life, it might be showing up and like waiting for you to upgrade it. It's like, can we get an upgrade here? <laughs> All right. Now this, uh, Chantel says, is the universe trying to tell me something or is it that I'm not learning what the universe is telling me or is it that humans reject so many things that the cause it in their struggle is reflect in the, <laughs> in being in the same place again? Cool, cool, yeah. So <clears throat> I think the best way to deal with it is firstly gratitude. 
So whatever the thing you're showing up, be grateful for. Like, oh my gosh, this is like, wait a minute, if this is a video game, or if this is a treasure map that I'm on, or if this is some sort of mystery dream world that I've chosen because at one point in life, maybe some of us or maybe someone will one day have a button where they can push whatever they want will happen immediately. Whatever experience they want, they'll happen immediately. Guess what happens to that person? Most likely, I think they'll start choosing mystery more often than not. So maybe, or more often than you might expect. <laughs> so maybe that this mystery is the prize. And... If that's the case, if that could be true, then get let's get excited and curious and celebratory and grateful and imaginative gratitude and joy and celebration and curiosity were what unlocks the next treasure in this game. For me, that seems to be the case. It seems, and maybe that's what the people are talking about, the law of attraction. Is that what they're t describing? Is that what they're describing? Is that what they're describing with the Holy Spirit? Is that what they're describing with Dharma? Is that what they're describing with Bhakti? Is that what they're describing with Kundalini? Is that what they're describing with like vibrating with a high frequency? When do you, yeah, you, if you're listening, you listen in silent or spell with the same letters. That's cool, huh? Same with God and dog. If you're listening, when do you feel like you've unlocked the most heavenly experience in life? What kind of emotions were you choosing or what were you doing or where were you at? And instead of trying to recreate it, can you just like make that an exercise that always gets better and better and exercise? And then how can you make that a ritual, like a R-I-C-H ritual? And then how do we, and then maybe this question can guide y'all. If this is true, if maybe we're potentially choosing mystery, if that's like our ultimate choice for some people in some stages in their life and they're in the midst of the mystery, then I also want you to consider like, how do you know this is not heaven? As mysterious and as crazy and as painful, how do you still know it's not heaven? I got, I got so sick recently after our Breckenridge event, some sort of stomach bug. It seemed like some sort of designer virus was like going through several of us after the event. Uh, one after another, and that was, I was wondering, I, I was wondering, like, oh, I could see how, like, and if someone was in this much pain for this long, how they could think dying is a good option, but man, there's this light at the end of the tunnel that you, everyone hears about, especially on near-death experiences, like, there's a light, there's a reason that someone's experiencing mystery in such an intense way, and how do we know it's not heaven? And if you are courageous enough to consider those questions, even in the darkest or the brightest or the most mysterious of times, then I encourage you to ask for support and share yourself, to ask for support and share yourself and be yourself. So it's easier for people to support you when you're being who you are. It's easy to be in love with you. I believe much easier to love someone when they're being who they are because if someone's wearing mask or acting in a certain way that's not true and then people fall in love with that character that could be a very painful existence trying to maintain that character and recreate an experience that's not even true so be you 
share yourself, accurately report what's going on for you, make choices that seem to be focused towards joy, gratitude, celebration, curiosity, connection, and ask for support. And give your ideas deadlines, a.k.a. lifelines. If you have a big idea and you are capable of doing it now and you have the health and vitality to even ask for support for it, do it now. Do it now while the vision is clear. Do it now while the feeling is there. I think Paul McCartney said that in his song, Do It Now. Um, and give it a deadline because without an, uh, an idea without a deadline might be a dead idea. So when is this idea? When is this birth? You know, when it, when that sperm hits that egg, it has about ten months. There is a lifeline for that new earth to be birthed through this miracle called life. So give birth to your miracles that want live through you as you've chosen to experience this mystery of life together. All right, that's forty-four minutes. Y'all keep breaking normal. Go to go ahead and go to internationaltribedesign.com and uh, hit the apply button regardless if it says the dates because we're given anyway like like you know you want to come to this next event I think some people know like whether it's in Sedona or Tofino hey even put a suggestion in your application wherever it is if you know you want to go we'll uh, give like a a really good pricing on the one of the tickets. And I don't know how much tickets we're going to have for the next one, but man, the momentum is strong. I'm so stoked to be choosing this mysterious adventure called Tribe Design. I'm so ex- and breaking normal and so excited for y'all to be tuning in and joining and supporting because by listening, that's a big deal. By me watching Davina show me what she's proud of, that's a big deal in her life. And by y'all listening to this, it's a, a big deal. So thank y'all so much. And uh, finally, Daniel says, <laughs> there's another Daniel. Is it me, Daniel, or in another Daniel suit? Is it I and I and I? He says, my nine-year-old just started watching what I'm watching. And CLS asks, why don't you, why don't, why you don't wear a shirt? Oh, I told him that I would ask. Sometimes I wear a shirt. Uh, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. The uh, It's pretty freaking hot out here in Steamboat. And I don't even want to make that the excuse. I love being without clothes um, because... If the price that Adam and Eve had to pay for getting kicked out of the Garden of Eden, whether this is literal or metaphor, metaphorical, that they felt shame and they wanted to put their clothes back on or they wanted to hide themselves, maybe the way back into the Garden is to do the opposite and to unhide and to show ourselves off and to share ourselves, whether it's our ideas or our skin to the sun, to the sun. Look at the, like, and then and for your child, your nine-year-old, um, your nine-year-old, like, watch what happens. Don't, don't watch what happens if you, if you hide plants from the sun or hide life from the sun, even people's, like, feet. Like, why did, there are so many people that have, like, fungus in their feet, but they put so much time in wet shoes that are hidden from fresh air and fresh sun. So consider that for all your body parts, if you know what I'm saying. And maybe we'll, maybe we can put a little dent in some of those jockage businesses <laughs> and those deodorant businesses. Man, you got you got bo. First of all, if you have bo, there might be something else to do than put yourself in the sun. But at least you'll smell your bo if you go in the sun, and then you can figure out maybe get to the roots of the cause. 
Hey, and not bo bo is very subjective. I know people that I've smelled guys that I thought they smelled disgusting, but then they seem like women like the smell. So don't get caught up in that delusion of objectivity, y'all. Keep breaking normal. Keep blurring lines. Keep being uncategorizable. And maybe we'll see y'all the next tribe design. All right. Yeah, get your applicant in an ASAP before we announce the date and location because we'll get you that better deal that way. Rasta. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. 